Welcome to the 12th edition of the UNW Flock Talk podcast. You can find us on Spotify as well as our web de- website, excuse me, www.unwflocktalk.com. Uh, our sponsor, rallynetwork.net, which we are part of, and their sponsor, Ashley Luann K., who is on YouTube. You won't want to miss any of her subscribing uh, educational content. If you're seeking a higher guidance for education as life is a nurse, you can check her out. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and check that out. But we're back for episode number 12. We got a special interview today. It's myself, Wyatt Morell, my co-host, Tyler Crabb, and a very special interview with my brother, Porter Morell, as he's the number two seed in our UNW Best Moments bracket uh, for that game-winning shot he hit against St. Thomas. So, Porter, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. So, um, I'll let you go since he's your brother. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, think back to that game in particular against St. Thomas. Um, Going into that, not much of a chance to win. A lot of people said you were actually going to get completely uh, wiped off the court against them. What was the mindset just in general with that team going into that game and just the belief you guys had? Because you ended up going to the Sweet 16, so this was a very talented team. Uh, was there any doubt in your guys' mind that you could compete with those guys? No, there wasn't. So, actually, we got off to a really rough start uh, early in the season. We started the season 2-9, and nine. And that would have been against the 11 non-conference teams. Uh, That was against a lot of MIAC schools. Uh, One of those schools was Bethel, uh, which is the first time that Northwestern and Bethel got to play against each other in a really long time because Bethel uh, hadn't wanted to play against us, um, which you kind of get there, kind of the MIAC school, the bigger conference, bigger school. There's not much for them to gain by beating the smaller school, and there's a lot to lose by losing to the smaller school, but uh, we got to play them back-to-back years my sophomore and junior year. And that game, the first game was at the Erickson, and it was in that season, and we were struggling. Uh, I believe we only had one win uh, at that point. And we played a great game against them, and Michael Carney went off. He scored 30 points. We took it to overtime on a last-second layup, um, got into overtime and battled and lost a tough one. Um, really uh, kind of a tough loss for us. But uh, St. Thomas played Bethel in that season in the Mayak uh, Conference Tournament Championship game. And mm-hmm. Bethel took them right down to the water. And actually, Bridgeport Tussler, who I played against in high school, had a chance to make a game-winning three against them. Uh, I think they were actually only down one. And uh, it didn't fall. Missed it. St. Thomas won. They won the Mayak. Made it to the tournament. Bethel, unfortunately, didn't. Um, but so a lot of us went to that game live and then the rest of us, we really watched film on that game. Uh, cause we knew we took Bethel into overtime and obviously them playing St. Thomas to a one point game. We were kind of like, Hey, this is doable, you know? And, uh, St. Thomas ran a lot of sets. Uh, so we knew that they were going to, um, kind of run their sets. Uh, we were able to defend against that in practice Um, they like to get a lot of touches into their big guy, Connor Nord. And then off of that kind of action to get him a screen across, they would send Alapati up to the top. Uh, those were their two seniors, kind of their two best players that year. Um, so we worked on that all week in practice and got pretty good at defending that. So going into the game, we thought, you know, we kind of know what they're going to do. Uh, they weren't a team that wanted to run and gun. Uh, so that was, I think a good thing, uh, because we wanted to kind of make it a half court game. Um, and we knew that Bethel played them to one point and we knew that we had played Bethel to overtime. So we were very confident going in, uh, that 
this was going to be a ball game. You know, we didn't envision this one going uh, the year before my freshman year. We played uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, and they pasted us. I, I always joke about that game. Uh, you know, the game started, everybody came onto the court, and they were making some shots. We were making some shots. You know, it was looking like it was maybe going to be a good game. And then the buzzer sounded and the, jumped the ball, <laughs> and it was over. Uh, you know, we just got crushed by those guys. And going into the St. Thomas game, we knew that wasn't going to be the case. It was just a much better matchup for us. It was a neutral court matchup, uh, which played very much a big, big part of that game as well. Um, so we were, we were very confident, and, and we had just rattled off 18 straight wins, the longest winning streak in UNW history. Um, so we, yeah, we're very confident. Yeah, that's that's some really good insight into the season, Porter. And uh, as someone who really wasn't uh, as familiar with that season, that was something I find very interesting. Looking more into the shot itself, um, and I know I shouted him out last week, but Josh sent us the actual video on Twitter uh, of the the sequence that led to your shot. Um, you know, Cody hits the three, then they go down and make a layup. And then you catch the initial inbound uh, from Cody on the uh, inbounds pass. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to what your mindset was when you initially got the ball. And then as you're running down the court, knowing you're down two points, just kind of what your thought process was in that moment. Yep. So my thought process was we, I didn't know exactly how much time we had because when you're in the middle of a game like that, and you're thinking about defense, you're thinking about Cody just hit that big shot on the other end. Uh, you're, you're trying to defend, all of a sudden this guy makes this shot, it's it's pretty deflating all of a sudden, and you know the game is winding down. So it was actually a heads-up play by Cody to inbound the ball because we're actually told we're never supposed to inbound the ball as guards. We always have someone designated to inbound it so that it's always the same so that we never get to a situation where we don't have somebody to inbound the ball. Um, so Cody heads up because the clock is running inbounds the ball. So he inbounds it to me. And, uh, my whole thought process was Cody Springer is by far the fastest player on our team. Uh, <laughs> so as soon as I caught the ball and Cody stepped on the court, I was like, I'm getting it to you because he's way faster than I am and way faster than anybody else on our team. And I knew we didn't have much time. So I just wanted him to just go down to the other end. And I was actually probably thinking he was going to try to attack the basket. Um, mm -hmm. So that was kind of the thought process there and getting rid of the ball right away. For sure. So, you know, you mentioned this game's at St. Norbert's. So that helped you guys neutral site game. You hit the shot. Let's kind of just walk us through the next 48 hours of what happened from the time that shot goes into coming back home and realizing you're going to the sweet 16 just kind of walk us through the feeling that was going on inside your head throughout the next 48 hours yeah I mean it was an, it was an unbelievable experience and it's funny because without you know ever like thinking back to it I really hardly ever think of it but when you really think back on it and relive like you say the whole 48 hours so right after the game ends, we're going crazy. We're just, we're excited out of this world. It's like dream come true, game-winning shot, NCAA tournament, upset over what really would have been a one seed. You know, if you're looking at the Division One March Madness bracket, it would have been a 16 seed beating a one seed. They were ranked third in the country. I mean, it's just dream come true. And we're on top of the world. 
right after that, we're going into like, um, and it, you know, not, not to compare it to the division one level, but we go into this room, they got a table there. I'm sitting next to coach gross. There's people in the room. They're interviewing us, asking us questions like how you would envision it after you hit a game winning shot in a division one tournament. So that was a ton of fun. Um, we get to the hotel, we get something to eat. Uh, the game after us was St. Norbert's versus Elmhurst and, uh, the coaches stayed back to watch that. So we went out to eat at Applebee's. We get into Applebee's, and one of the assistant coaches had called ahead to Applebee's and told them what had happened and why we were coming and everything. So when we walk into Applebee's, everybody in the whole restaurant starts cheering for us. So that was pretty fun. And then we all, you know, eat our meal. We had to stay at the restaurant for quite a while because the coaches were still at the St. Norbert and Elmhurst game. And it went into like, I can't remember if it went into three overtimes. Do you remember why? I, I think it was three because we actually stayed because I was there watching you guys play. And then we stayed and watched that game. I'm confident it was a three overtime game because it just, the night would not end. Yes. And it was a fantastic game. And it wasn't like a three overtime game where people weren't hitting. It was like people would hit a game winning or a game tying three to send it to overtime. Mm-hmm. And somebody would hit what they thought was a game winning shot in the first overtime. Somebody came back and hit it game time. I mean, it was just an emotionally draining game for both teams. Um, St. Norbert had a huge student section that game. I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just an emotional, emotional game for Elmhurst ended up winning it. And that ended up playing a big factor for us the next night uh, when we played Elmhurst because they were, they were tired and it was visible. They were, they were an extremely tired basketball team that game. And I think it kind of went back and forth in the first half. I can't remember if we were up by a few points or trailing by a few points at half. Um, And then we came out in the second half and we just blew it open. I think we ended up getting over a 20-point lead at one point. They kind of made it close. They started fouling with like five minutes to go. Um, They had a tremendous basketball player, too. I can't remember his name, but he's number 20. Uh, He was probably the best player on the court that night by far. We couldn't stop him. Um, and so the game kind of drug on and it got closer to like, maybe it maybe got within eight, nine points, but it never really felt like we were going to jeopardize or give it up. So we ended up winning that one. Uh, I think we won by, I don't remember, I guess, double digits, 12 points or so. Um, we win that one, we get on the bus, we go home and it was, it was surreal. Um, and then obviously one thing I missed, I guess, was before that game. So the Elmhurst game and first St. Norbert ends, they won. The coaches finally come get us. We go to the hotel and somebody says, Hey, you guys might be on sports center. And we're kind of like, what do you mean? You know, and, and the uh, sports information director, uh, Jay had sent the clip to sports center and, you know, told them what it was upset number three team in the nation division three NCAA playoffs and uh so we're in the hotel watching sports center uh waiting for the sports center top 10 plays to come and sure enough uh we pop on at number four mm-hmm. and uh, that was extremely fun uh, everybody thought that was super cool and I just remember then we we got our phones you know they told us we got to shut our phones off the coaches did because they didn't want any more distractions um and our phones were just blowing up. My phone was blowing up from people that I knew from high school. Um, it was it was really something. Um, 
but uh yeah it was uh it was really really fun and i just remember laying in bed trying to sleep and cody was in the other bed uh, we were rooming together and we just could not believe what just happened and i don't know if we got any sleep that night before the next game yeah that's hilarious yeah so, looking at the box score because i went back and i found the box score for this game and I'm just curious to hear your thoughts here. So I was looking at this. I found this interesting. In the second half of that game, you guys shot three of 13 from three. And obviously two of those are the Cody three uh, to initially tie it and then your three to win it. Uh, so that, that makes me wonder, when the shot left your hand, at what point, like, was it when the ball finally went through the basket or when it left your hand or somewhere in between – that you knew that that shot was going in? Ah, uh, boy, right when it went through. I was right behind it, you know, so I could tell that it was online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew from the second I shot it, I knew it had a chance. You know, it wasn't like I shot yep. it and I was like, oh, that's right. That's, you know, no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you can kind of see it in the video. My eyes never really leave it, and I land, and I kind of just hold my hold my footing as soon as – you know, I land cause I'm watching it and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to move and as it just kept going. I just, it was, it had a chance. And as soon as it went through the net, you know, the buzzer sounded and it was just like pure excitement. Like you didn't even have a chance to think about it. I was just excited. And then I started running around the court and I'm sure that's <laughs> the clip still. And as I'm running around the court, it started to like process in my head of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally, we just hit a game winning three. The game is over. We won. Like it was, it was, it was kind of weird how there was almost a delayed reaction before I realized exactly what happened. But um, yeah, it wasn't until it went through the net. It wasn't like I, I wasn't like I shot it and was going to do a Steph Curry and start walking. <laughs> For sure. Would have been pretty cool, I, I definitely didn't contribute very well, or I did contribute very poorly to the uh, three for 13. I think I was 0 for four in the second half. And it was Grant, Grant Schaefer, St. Thomas's guard, uh, kept going under like a ball screen. So I think all four of those misses, if I'm right, I might not be. So you're two for six in the game. I'll pull up your set. I'll pull up the second half. Second yep, half, I hit, you were one I hit for a, four. I hit a three in the, first, the second possession, my first three I took. And then I missed four in a row, and then I hit that last one. But I just remember he kept going under the ball screen, so I would shoot it because that's what you're supposed to do. And I was, I couldn't make it. And Coach kept saying, you just got to keep shooting it because, you know, against St. Thomas, it was as good a look as we were getting anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it's kind of funny. I was one for five and then I threw that one up and it went in, but yeah, it was good. Hey, well, it was perfect timing for one to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was due. I, I owed the team one there for sure. Port, we'll uh, ask one more question here and then I'll let you get on your way. We appreciate the time. So when you compare this bracket we're doing, it's moments and accomplishments. So, you, you know, you're the two seed. It's, I don't think there's any question it's the best moment, like as far as a play goes, but the better accomplishment is the volleyball team's final four trip. So if you face <laughs> them in the championship, let's just say, do you give yourself the nod or them? Do you think you should be the favorite to win this bracket? How do you compare let's this? Put it, let's put it this way. When we got back to campus, I think every single student knew what happened because of the buzz that it got from Sports Center and then on social media. Like everybody, and this isn't, I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything, but like 
it felt really weird going to classes and stuff. People would actually look at me and I could tell that they were like, oh, oh, that's the kid that did it. Like everybody knew what had just happened. And it was the first time that something like that had happened. So I would give myself the nod. I think that it was more viral than the women going to the final four. I, I, I won't point. disagree with that. I think that's a fair point. I'm, cur- I'm curious. Uh, you know, I think that Wyatt touched on this a little last week. You know, the social media buzz around uh, these moments has helped. I think uh, in some instances, Tyler Osborne in the first round, who you're currently matched up against uh, in the first round, he was struggling for a little bit against the four overtime win against St. Scholastica for the conference championship. And uh, then he went out and drew the social media buzz uh, and was able to win that matchup. And now he's going up against you. How do you plan? Do you have any plans to maybe try to combat some of the people pushing for their moment? I don't have any plans. I don't even have Twitter, so I can't even vote on your guys. I can't even give myself a vote. I, I mean, the volleyball versus me. uh, That's fair debate. Uh, Tyler Osborne, nah, sorry. <laughs> I don't care what your guys' bracket says. It's not a better moment. So, No, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that either. I Yours is definitely either. the better moment. Um, so if he gets a bunch of people to go vote on Twitter, ah, good for him, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the enough. thing. You don't have the advantage with social media by any means, but we, we do know that your moment will be certainly, if not the best, the second best, uh, the, you know, the only other one would have been that volleyball final four appearance, but we'll see when the time comes, uh, yep. Port, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Uh, and it was good talking to you and hearing from you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks guys. Yeah, yep, thanks, have a good one. Yep. You too. So as we move forward now here, uh, Ty, let's just me and you now, let's look at this bracket very quickly here and then we can wrap this one up because this is about all we're doing now with this edition. Uh, we've, ca- we've captured all the spring sports. We've done what we wanted to do with those. How do you think the rest of this bracket's going to shape out? All the top seeds here are getting pushed a little bit in these quarterfinal matchups. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the bracket currently and – I will say that some of these moments have surprised me. I was a little surprised by the softball titles beating Nick Swore winning uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously nothing to take away from that and anything negative about that, but it was a result that I was not quite expecting. Uh, there were several matchups that were extremely close in that second round. I know Noah Alm versus Coach Gish's uh, NCCAA championship uh, was right down to the wire as well as Ben Lyons field goal kick against coach Wilmoth's coach of the year. Um, you know, there were some intense matchups that I know I messaged you and was like, I think that there might actually be some ties because yeah. there were just some close races. Um, and, you know, I think that so far um, a lot of the top seeds are, um, you know, still around here, but they are getting pushed. Uh, Coach Gish, especially at that five spot, number five seed, uh, softball is within 13% of the voting on that one. Uh, from where we're currently at here at like five o'clock Friday afternoon, um, obviously that could change, but that's fairly close. I think the only matchup right now that's extremely out of hand is the uh, 
Lindsey Peterson, Beth Wilmoth won, and obviously Coach Wilmoth could go get uh, some supporters with only 37 votes and still 19 hours mm-hmm. um, left in that. But 81% of the vote towards Lindsey Peterson thus far, 18 for Coach Wilmoth. You know, that's going to be tough to come back from. Um, not unheard of, but obviously not ideal by any any means uh, for Coach Wilmoth. Yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, we talk about Porter getting to the championship. I mean, I'm assuming Lindsey's going to win that one, and then if Porter wins his, which he probably will, and they face off in the semis, that could be a really good one too. It could because, uh, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of our view, or a lot of people who we know um, that we've gotten to follow the UNW Flock Talk uh, podcast and stuff like that, they were around for Lindsey Peterson or were – um, you know, being recruited during that time. So they kind of have a feeling of Lindsey Peterson and, you know, not to slight Porter, but with it being the 2014-2015 season, a lot of uh, the people that we've known and interacted with to get this uh, flock talk going weren't really around when Porter hit that shot. So they can't speak to that uh, buzz that Porter was talking about now. Um, Obviously, there are going to be people who know that shot and uh, know that moment and could potentially vote for that. But like you said, could be interesting based off the following um, of our viewers and listeners and stuff like that to see what moment they go with. Absolutely. Uh, We're just about to the semifinals and really when the best matchups will start going head to head against each other and it should be exciting. Any closing thoughts here on this episode, Ty? Um, you know, I, I really appreciated, uh, just, I, I just want to shout out our supporters again. Um, you know, on Twitter, we've gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of supporters. I know we mentioned Tyler Osborne has really interacted with this and trying to help his, uh, moment get votes. Uh, you know, I know that UNW's, uh, cross country and track and field, they've, uh, liked and retweeted a number of the matchups. Uh, football, volleyball have done the same. Uh, softball players have been out there pushing for the softball one. Um, and it's been really fun to see people interact with these moments. And uh, we just, I just wanted to take the time to say that we really appreciate that. It makes this more fun when uh, people get out there and, you know, make this something personal to them and, uh, they want people to get involved with it instead of us just pushing a bracket and you just putting a vote out there, you guys uh, supporting the bracket and supporting what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it makes it more fun. Like you said, if anybody ever wants to come on, I, we have next week for sure. And then maybe the week after that, but then that will be it for podcasts. So if somebody wants to come on, you certainly can do so. Our Contact information is on our website, flocktalk.com. We're on Twitter at UNW Flock Talk, which is where the bracket's being posted. We're on Facebook as well at UNW Flock Talk. So there's ways to interact with us. If you have anything you want to say, go for it. But we do appreciate all the votes we've been getting, and it's been a lot of fun to do this bracket because of it. So with that, we will put a wrap on episode number 12 of the UNW Flock Talk podcast. It gets posted every Saturday at noon on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website as well. And we'll be back next Saturday as well. Same time and place. Thank you for listening.